Flash and Go, Nate Ryan here with Kyle Petty. NASCAR heading New Hampshire Motor Speedway this weekend. Kyle, but I want to look back first at a NASCAR Hall of Famer, your uncle, Maurice Petty, better known as the Chief. More than 250 victories as an engine builder, seven championships. Tell me about what Maurice Petty meant to not just you, but your family as well. He connected all the dots. Uh, he built engines for my granddad, uh, for my dad, for Pete Hamilton, for Buddy Baker. If an engine came out of of Petty Enterprises. Uh, it had Maurice Petty's fingerprints all over it. The king of the Hemis. Uh, I think that's what people remember him more than anything else, but he was so much more than that. He was innovative. He was a leader. Uh, and you look at it, and, and I, I don't believe, and I've said this before, on the racetrack, where, where I've always said there, there would be no Richard Petty without a David Pearson. There would be no Petty Enterprises, period, uh, without a Maurice Petty. And, and that's that's how... How, how large he was for us. Uh, I remember my first ARCA race at Daytona. Had a pit stop and I dropped the clutch and I must have turned about 10,000 RPMs at a time when you were only supposed to turn about 4,800 RPMs. <laughs> and <laughs> I just sat there and spun the tires. And before I could leave the pit box, he was back in my window screaming at me, shaking his fist because I'd messed up his motor. Thank goodness I didn't mess up his motor. We went on to have a pretty decent day that day. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, I, it was an honor uh, to work with him. Uh, but more importantly, um, it was just an honor to know Maurice Petty. And he will be missed. He will be missed mm -hmm. greatly. We lost him last week. And, you know, I, I think it was interesting, Kyle, reading a lot of the, the tributes and remembrances of Maurice Petty. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of your grandfather, where I, obviously you're a personable member of the Petty family. Your dad has signed more autographs than anybody in history. He's Mr. Congeniality, but it seems like Maurice was maybe more of the Lee Petty cut from that cloth, or he wasn't so interested in the spotlight. He, he was interested in one thing, just like my granddad, winning races, um, building engines, winning races. He was a driver. Um, he drove some races, uh, had a few top fives, some top tens, didn't run a, num didn't run a lot of races. Uh, but his main objective when we rolled into a racetrack was to win. Um, and, and, and I say this, not only to win, but to annihilate the competition. <laughs> um, there is a great picture. There's a great picture of my dad and Bobby Allison at, uh, at North Wilkesboro getting into an altercation after the race in the pits. And my Uncle Maurice has my dad's helmet drawn back, just getting ready to roundhouse at Bobby. Uh, there, that little rivalry went on for a while. But um, if you fought one petty, you fought them all. And the quiet ones, my granddad and my Uncle Maurice and my grandmother. Uh, they were the ones you had to go, you had to go through to get to my dad and, uh, they were always there. So he, my, my uncle Maurice was a great businessman. And I think that's what he brought to the table at Petty Enterprises as much as his engine stuff. And NASCAR Hall of Famer, as I said, I'm sure he'll be remembered before Sunday's race at New Hampshire, as will Bob Bear, former owner of New Hampshire Motor Speedway, who NASCAR also lost, uh, last week as well. But Kyle, New Hampshire Motor Speedway begins six races in 22 days for the NASCAR Cup Series. The Premier Series is coming off, a weekend off, but prior to that, five races in 19 days. So it really feels like we're getting to the heat of the season here. And of course, this is the stretch run to setting the playoff field. You've got New Hampshire. You've got a doubleheader at Michigan coming up. You've got the road course at Daytona for the first time ever, doubleheader at Dover, and then a regular season finale at Daytona. And there's, there's a lot happening in the next six races here in the Cup Series. Listen, it, it, you say it feels like we're getting into the heat of the season. It feels like we're getting back to 1965 when they <laughs> ran some odd races every year. That's what it feels like to me is this a race after race after race. And, uh, you know, we hear the drivers talk about it. We hear the, 
they, they, they address the heat. They address the recovery aspect of it. Uh, the teams are doing a phenomenal job of just beating it out and grinding it out. And, and, and I find it funny that, you know, every year we get into that part, you start the season, and then it's that summer grind, that grind right before you get to the, to the playoffs. This grind has been a grind for everyone, whether you're in the playoffs or not. It's just a grind. It is a physical grind for everyone. Uh, and it is fascinating to watch how the teams have upped their games, how the engineers have upped their games. Uh, we, we, this past weekend, we had an opportunity to peek into RCR, to Richard Childress's uh, command center, to see what goes on back at the shop. So much has changed in the sport, but everyone has elevated in this time, has elevated the game. And I think it's been fascinating to watch how these guys uh, have competed. I also find it fascinating to watch how these smaller teams are competing with these big teams. And that is old school. That is 1965 all over again. Yeah, but you mentioned Richard Childress Racing really embraced that technology, much like some of the smaller teams are. Uh, RCR gets the win from Austin Dillon. That shook things up a little bit. Obviously, the, the Cole Custer win the week before that at Kentucky really shook up the playoff pitcher. And it feels like when you talk about elevating games, Kyle, it feels like right now it's Kevin Harvick, it's Denny Hamlin. But I don't really see like a number three or a number four. We've talked about the big three in the past. Right now, it feels like it's two guys and then everybody else. How do you th see things shaping up both for the playoff field and for guys trying to get in the playoffs? Yeah, I, listen, I, I, I agree. Um, and that's a, that's a great segue because I, I think I look at, at Kevin Harvick um, and, and at Denny Hamlin. And look, both those guys have had bad races too. Uh, they can have two or three good races and then just not show up, it looks like. But you give them a little bit of pass. I give everybody a little bit of a pass right now because of the environment that we're racing in with no practice. Uh, and we're not going to have any more the rest of the season. So it's going to be this way. This is a game we're, we're playing. But at the same time, I think in the past we've had A-level teams. We've had the big three. And we've, we've elevated these guys to this status. But there were always one or two teams knocking on the door that could, with a break or two, jump into that A-level status. Uh, right now, I think we've got two A-level teams and maybe A-minus teams because they're not getting it done every week. Again, I'll say that about Harvick and, and Hamlin. But then we go to C teams. Everybody else is on the same level. And I say that because we saw a Cole Custer jump in and win a race. We saw an Austin Dillon get to the front and outrun people, outrun people on two tires uh, in clean air. So these are teams that put in the right position can win a race. And from all those other teams, from third back in the points, or as we look at it, uh, I don't see anybody jumping out. And if you can have a Cole Custard win, and a Cole Custer win, or if you can have an Austin Dillon win, what makes anybody think that they can't make it to the championship round uh, in Phoenix and be there contending for the championship? I don't believe anybody else uh, has shown that they can rise above the rest. We have seen Eric Almarola and, and Ryan Blaney, but some miraculous way, they found a way in that third segment to give the race away or to lose a race with the fastest cars. They've been consistently fast, and Eric has consistently finished, but they don't have the wins to show for it. Yeah, when you talk about Blaney, he's a real interesting case, Kyle, because since Talladega, he has no top fives in six races, but yet he's led four races. He had the fastest car at Texas, led 150 laps there. Uh, but for whatever reason, as you said, there's, there's a mistake, whether it's team execution, driver execution. Is it just a matter of, Harvick and Hamlin have both been in the Cup Series more than 15 years each. They've got that experience. Ryan Blaney, new crew chief, relatively inexperienced, just hasn't gotten to that, that level yet. 
You know, I would like to I would like to pin it on an excuse, but I can't find an excuse, honestly, because I, I think the 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 thing is we look at Todd Todd Gordon. He's won a championship. He knows what it's like. And, and Ryan has won races and has outrun people to win races, outdriven people to win races. So I can't say it's inexperience there either because he knows how to race and he is a good race car driver right there knocking on the door of being a great race car driver. Uh, some of it has been bad luck. Now, I will give him that. Some of it is pitting, catching a caution, things just happening. It's race luck. It's the way the game is played and the way it plays out. But at the same time, you know, when you knock on a door so much and, and you don't get in, chances are that door is not going to open for you. Uh, and they've had six or seven races, seven or eight races, where they've been right there knocking on the door and it's not open for them. So will that, that, that wave crash on the beach and their time have passed without any victories? So let's say that you do know who's going to walk through that door. Harvick, Hamlin, who would be your other top two guys right now? If you had to pick a championship four right now, six races ahead of the playoffs even beginning, who would be up there for you? That's tough, man. That's tough. The way the Fords are running, uh, I, look at, I look at Joey Logano and I look at Brad Kay. Even though as we've come back, uh, Joey really hadn't got a lot to show for, for his efforts uh, since we came back or started back again at Darlington. Uh, Brad Kay, obviously a lot going on with him and where he's going to be or what's going to go on. Um, but I think the Fords have been strong. So I might lean towards the Penske camp at the same time, just as I said before, just as I said before, the, the 18 car, Kyle Busch, that we haven't heard from, that we haven't heard from all year long, may get hot. And we all know that cup racing can come and go. Hot streaks, cold streaks, hot streaks, cold streaks. Kyle's in a cold streak. When he gets hot, everybody better watch out because as cold as he is, when he gets hot, he's going to melt a racetrack. He's going to burn it down. <laughs> uh, he could be hot and, and, and ride into there. So maybe, I, maybe I, I'm, I'm going to throw a Kyle Busch in. I'm going to throw a Kyle Busch in just because of his history. Uh, and I'm going to throw Joey in uh, just because I think they've made great strides over the last couple of weeks, even though they don't have anything to show for it. Yeah, it's crazy. We went as long as we do without talking about Kyle Busch winning a stage. Still hasn't won a race. Maybe we will be talking about him winning a race this Sunday at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Tune in on NBCSN. Thanks for watching Splash and Go.